Make a start to our worship service as we sing together number 76. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled. That's a good sing.
The psalm for today is the Psalm 49. As we read consecutively through the Psalms, let's hear God's word. Hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my heel shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he saith that the wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being an honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly. Yet their posterity approved their saying, Selah. Like sheep they are led in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion. Over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. He, for he shall receive me, Selah. I'm going to come to the Lord in prayer and have a few requests that I want to leave with you as we pray together. James Wallace is back in hospital. <clears throat> Derek McLaughlin is very, very ill at this time. And James Stevenson, that's Carl Holmes's brother, he is very, very ill also. And these folks and their families need prayer. I want you to remember the special meetings in December, which actually begin tonight, the school's carol service, a first for us, but on Friday as we gather the schools in here, and the Roma colony that we've recently visited, and also the ministry of Deborah House. These things are very much fresh in our minds. Can I also just announce to you that we need prayer for the Atkinson family. Alec passed away early this morning, and so our thoughts are with the family. Let's pray together. Almighty God and gracious Father, we come to this, your house, as a people who love the Lord and have a desire to worship and extol the name of Jesus Christ. We come to enjoy fellowship with the Lord Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come to worship our God in spirit and in truth and in the beauty of holiness. We come to enjoy fellowship with those of like precious faith. We thank You for the people of God, those that are born again in the Spirit and washed in the Redeemer's blood, and for hearts that are knit together for we are part of the same body, members of one another. And we thank you, Lord, for that which unites us 
And it is your grace. It is the blood of Christ that has saved us and made us partakers of eternal life. And this day we come with all our need, with all our burden, as we commit our way unto our God today, remembering those that are ill at this time in hospital. We think of James, we think of Derek, we think of the other James, James Stevenson. We know of others that are battling today with infirmity, with disease, with pain, who are suffering. And Lord, we remember them especially that belong to the congregation here, that God himself will minister to them and be their portion, that you will draw graciously near to their side, that they might be encouraged, that they might know that underneath and round about are the everlasting arms of a gracious and a loving God. We pray for the Atkinson family today in sorrow, plunged into sorrow again. And Lord, we remember them for good. We pray for Elizabeth. We pray for Sharon and Ian. Pray for Inus too. And the wider family circle, we commit them to the Lord. We rejoice that standing somewhere in the shadows of life, we can find Jesus, the one who cares and understands. And with these families experience the overwhelming sense of the presence of the Lord in their sorrow. Remember the special meetings this month, each night as we gather here in your will. Be our portion. Pray for Lucci and his family and Graziella who are with us today, even as they minister in song at both services today, and especially tonight, that you will draw graciously near and bless their ministry in song. And Lord, we think of the special afternoon on Friday when schools will gather into this very building and sing together these hymns that remind us of the incarnation, the coming of the Son of God into the world. And as they listen to your word, we pray that this time together will be owned of God and a real blessing to the children. We feel for them growing up in the society that is godless all around. But Lord, we pray that in the hearing of your word, there will be many drawn to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the work in Romania, even as we think of our visitors here, uh, so much involved in their own country and many aspects of ministry. But we do pray especially for the Roma colony and those that are, that are poor today, that you'll remember them for good. And we pray for the ministry of Deborah House. We give thanks for the opportunity just to spend a little time with the girls again and be able to, to talk to them about the things of God. And Lord, we pray in the midst of all their pain, and their background and distress that they will find the Savior too. We know that Christ is the answer to every need, and he's the greatest answer to our spiritual and eternal need. And so, Lord, may souls be drawn to Christ in these days. Hear us, Lord, and bless us in this service. Pour out the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number 81, seeing yonder manger low, born for us on earth below, See the Lamb of God appears, promised from eternal years. Hail thou ever blessed more. <clears throat> I'll stand to sing.
to have our friends from the land of Romania, particularly from the city of Timisoara, and we announce them here as the Bowen Geo family and Graziella. Graziella is like a member of the family anyhow, so when we welcome the family, we welcome her. But three of them are going to sing uh, this morning for us, and that's Luci and Ellie and Graziella. We're going to invite them to minister in song. They're going to sing twice, two pieces. We're kind of restrained today because of the afternoon meeting, but come and welcome.
um, so good to be back here. Um, so many familiar faces, uh, so many uh, of you that we have been blessed during the years uh, to meet, to know, to uh, become uh, friends, become like family, like with uh, um, the Park family, and we are uh, just honored and uh, we feel very blessed and loved in this place in Hebron. So uh, we uh, are very thankful to God for this. Uh, the greeting verse from our church uh, did not change from last time. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, even though we come from different cultures, different backgrounds, different countries, different families, Jesus Christ is the one that unites us. Uh, he, is, he is our Lord, our Savior, and uh, through Him we are part of the family of God. So um, we are uh, delighted to be here this morning and, and uh, sing before you. We hope this will be a blessing to your hearts. Uh, and uh, we are really glad that we came uh, at, the, at the time where, where you started to sing carols. Uh, it's a wonderful month, this month of December, where uh, we celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God that came to this earth for me, for you, for us, uh, to save us from our sins. And uh, this is a, a song, uh, this is what the song says, the, the first song that, that we're going to sing. Um, we know that uh, whenever he came and he was a baby uh, uh, and uh, the shepherds came and the wise men came, um, they did the right thing. They bowed down and they worshipped. So I think that's what we are called to do, uh, bow down and worship before the King of Kings, before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. step down into darkness open my eyes let me see beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you here I am to worship here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. 
King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became again. <clears throat> Thank you very much. And we're here to worship the Lord and the glory in Christ who came into the world to be the sacrifice for our sin. Can I welcome everyone to the house of God today? A few visitors, glad to see you. There's a lot of sickness about and a number of our people are not here, but you're here and we trust that together we will be blessed by the Lord and if you're listening in on the internet, a special welcome to you. It might be Sermon Audio, Facebook or YouTube, but we're glad to have you. <clears throat> got a text from a pastor that came to spend time with me this past week, uh, Pastor Emmanuel. So I think he's listening in. He sent a, a sort of a little photograph of, of the family sitting here. So he sees that you're here visiting us in Northern Ireland. In the afternoon, there's a special meeting in the Martyrs. It's for the life and legacy of Dr. Bill Woods, and that's at 3.30. So we're under time restraints today. Transport is provided. The bus will be leaving at 2 or as soon after 2 as possible to get you there in time. And then back again this evening for our Christmas family night service, 
and our friends will be here again to minister in song, and I'll be here, God willing, to preach. The prayer meeting is beforehand at 6.30. We trust that many of you will get to that, and refreshments will be served after the meeting tonight. I know some will be rushing to the martyrs and rushing back, but ladies, if you can bring uh, sufficient to have some light refreshments tonight, that would be very much appreciated. There will be a little time of singing and fellowship with our friends that are here. After supper is served, we'll come back into the church and just enjoy uh, a wee time together. Tomorrow morning, the Hebron Tots meets at 10 o'clock, and tomorrow night there's a, a special uh, Christmas service in the Lodge Hotel. We welcome Desi and his wife and uh, our sister that's with them, and different ones will be singing tomorrow night, including uh, the family from Romania. And you'll see that John Weir will be bringing a message at the end of that. That's at 7.30 for anyone that wants to travel up tomorrow night to the Lodge. Tuesday morning is the Senior Fellowship at 11 o'clock. And then in the evening time, our Youth Challenge at 7. And then on Wednesday, it's the wedding of Joshua and Carrie. And that will take place in Carrie's Church in Rose Yards Presbyterian Church at 12 o'clock, 12 noon. And from the church here, we want to wish them both the Lord's richest blessing. This is extra special for us as a family because this is our, our last one who's leaving, deserting us, and going away. But that's good. We did the same whenever we got married, so we expect your children to do likewise. May the Lord bless them both. Thursday night, the midweeks at 8 o'clock, and I've asked Lucci if he will bring a message on Thursday night. In a moment or two, there's a few slides I'm going to show, but I'm not going to really make comment upon them because we'll do that on Thursday night when we have a little bit more time. But we invite you to come Friday is the school's carol service here in the church at 12 o'clock. We have about seven schools lined up to come and to sing together. And then, of course, uh, those that have offered to help with preparing the meal, and we will give them lunch, and there's a, a gift for them before they leave as well. Thank you uh, for all who have risen to the occasion to help in this special outreach work. Friday night, the Sunday school Christmas party will take place. That should be at 7 o'clock. And the one that should have been changed to 6.45 is the next one. Okay, so the young people, you're going out at 7, but you're to meet to get preparation done at a quarter to 7. Next Lord's Day begins with the early season of prayer, 8 o'clock, Sunday school, 10.30, the Bible class, quarter to 11. And Phil is standing in for Mervyn, who's away next weekend, and will speak on the secret and scheduled place of prayer. Worship service at 12 noon. I'll be here to preach a second part of the message that we preached this morning. Christmas youth and children's night service at 7. Members of the church will take part, and there'll be special singing. Supper will be served. And ladies, we're asking you over the next few Sunday nights to bring half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns. Remember the Christmas dinner, we'll mention this one more time. The list is at the door. Most of you have got your name onto it. If not, please see to that today. It's on the 20th, Wednesday the 20th of December. And any of our Ukrainian friends that wish to come are welcome. Bourbon has asked me to give you good notice of this event in connection with our school on Saturday the 13th of January. And that will be from 8.30 to 12 p.m. 
<clears throat> and it's a New Year big breakfast. I did this before and was very successful. Please put it into your diary. Remember the missionary weekend from Friday the 12th to the 14th and the book that has been brought out, The Son of the Living God. And these are the Bible notes of John's Gospel by Dr. Alan Cairns. Anyone that's seeking for church envelopes for next year, please uh, see our treasurer, Ivor Buick. And can I mention that there are thank you cards for those who have supported the girls uh, at Deborah House and that ministry there, and they're at the door as you leave. Could I also congratulate Fergus and Annie Caldwell, who celebrate their golden wedding anniversary this weekend? So news gets out about these things, and we're happy to announce things that are particularly significant. So we congratulate you in 50 years together. Could I also congratulate Graziella? Graziella, I'm told you had a, a special birthday recently also. And so just from the Hebron church, we would like to say happy birthday to you. It's belated, but it was last week. And uh, we trust that the Lord will bless and encourage you. There was a large consignment, especially of shoeboxes sent to Ukraine. Uh, Donald was the instrument in the hand of God and, and his mission to do that. So they got them packed up in Northern Ireland and got them shipped out to the land of Ukraine. And these are just some of the children of the other side who are receiving these little gifts for Christmas time. Do continue to pray. We had two days in Moldova, day and a half, and I'm going to speak a little bit about this on Thursday night before Lucci brings the message. But every slide that you see uh, has a story behind it, and I just want to talk to you briefly about the families that we met and the needs that we were able to supply and just, I think very importantly, to spend time with these families who are extremely poor and just to let them know that there are people who care for them, there are people who love them in the Lord and we had great opportunities of sharing the gospel. There's a little story behind this here. It was very cold and I, I, said, I said to our friends when they arrived yesterday, at least you're coming to cold weather, but something happened when I left. It went up to 19 degrees, and so the weather improved, but I think it's going down again. I had a freak day of good weather. The conditions have not changed really there at, at the colony, but we'll speak about that, God willing, on Thursday night, and then we spent some time with the Deborah girls as well. We had a wonderful time as we visited Gary Duff Primary School this week, took their assembly, on Friday morning. Uh, a great day yesterday in the preaching of the Word. We thank Mervyn for uh, preaching Christ in the open air, and we trust that that's been a blessing. Please continue to pray for the sick uh, folks that we are remembering before the Lord, and we are, are praying continually for Ukraine, and we are remembering the land of Israel, these countries that are at war. These are all the announcements that I need to make. We're going to bring our tithes and offerings in, uh, remember, let the Bible speak envelopes and missionary covenant support is due today. And as we do so, we're going to sing together uh, this lovely Christmas hymn, lovely, was the night in Judea, shepherds and sheep were at rest, brightly shone the stars in Judea, all of the world seems so blessed. There is a notice board announcement to make, it's up there now, this poster to do with Consider Christ and the outreach for next year. Please take time to look at the venues, and the dates, and see if there is a day that you can go on outreach. Thank you.
can sing, I think I hear one or two, but if you know how it goes, that those high notes do uh, sing them, please. Thank you. ask our guests to come and, and minister in song again. Thank you. <clears throat> Good night. Okay.
what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. Took the old and he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God can do. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of His love. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. But His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. So much power in the blood. Ah, 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 ah. Thought I to be six feet beneath the earth for all the things I've done, the things I've said. The choices made that I regret, oh, I would still be lost. But for the mercy of God, now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's His goodness and mercy the power of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me where my sin laid buried? Now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me where my sin laid buried? Now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom 
wasn't based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. What can wash Thank you so much for, again, ministering in song, bringing us to the mercy and the grace of God and to the blood of Christ at the end that nothing can deal with our sin except the blood of our Savior. Just very briefly to thank you for your friendship, your fellowship, your hospitality. We, we stayed two nights uh, with Lucci and his family in the past week. Uh, thank you for your ministry and for the translation work that you do so many times when we can't speak Romanian. We just have words that we can say hello and goodbye and Lord bless you, that type of thing. But they do the translation work together with others, and we appreciate that. And thank you also for helping me in my prayer life. And I'm referring to the way Lucci drove for the very first time on our side of the road yesterday. He had never driven on the left side of the road before, her right-hand drive, and uh, we decided <clears throat> that my wife would come behind in our car and I would, I would travel with Luce in the front seat. I wish I had been in the back seat, but uh, there we go. I think things have improved because last night was, it was dark, it was foggy, and it just wasn't the right conditions to, to do this for the very first time, but he did well. Let's turn in the Word of God to Matthew 1, Matthew chapter 1, and just reading some verses so familiar at this time of the year especially. You could preach on these at any time, but uh, these are read and expounded at this time of the year because they deal with the birth of Christ. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when Mary's mother was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, my son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until or till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus.
you will know that the greatest miracle that ever took place in God's redemptive purpose was the incarnation, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, or should I say the conception of the Lord Jesus in the womb of the Virgin Mary, when the Spirit came upon her and the power of the highest overshadowed her as the angel Gabriel announced, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Deity joining our humanity is indeed the greatest miracle ever. And the purpose, our redemption. He was called Jesus, referring to the great work that he would come to do, meaning Savior. And he was also, as we see in this passage, called Emmanuel, reminding us who he is. He is God manifested in the flesh, for Emmanuel is God with us. So Jesus is born in Bethlehem. He was visited by the shepherds as a baby. And by rich men in his infancy, he was a young child now living in a house in Bethlehem when the wise men came. But the family was forced to flee to Egypt for a time as Herod sent out his soldiers to brutally murder every infant child of two years of age and under with a view of killing the infant Christ whom he supposed to be a rival to his throne. How any man could have given such an order, or how any man could have carried out that order, I may never know. But he did, and his soldiers did, and we have the awful massacre of what they have called the innocents that brought widespread weeping throughout the region of Bethlehem. When Herod died, for all wicked men die. It's good to remember that. The Putins of this life are going to die and stand before God. The leaders of Hamas and all their soldiers, they're going to die and stand before God. And all the wicked men of the world, likewise. When Herod died, Joseph was guided by the angel to bring the family, his family, home to Nazareth. And it was here, in this village, that the child Jesus grew up. Christ had an ordinary upbringing, a normal childhood, childhood like any Jewish child. He had privileges like so many, but he grew up in very ordinary circumstances in this little town called Nazareth, under the guidance and the governance of godly parents. We go on to read at the end of Luke chapter 2, about that incident when he was just a boy of 12, when he sat and he taught the doctors of the law. But just before that, we read this remarkable statement in verse 40 of Luke 12, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. There is no higher or holier example that we could imitate or follow than that of Jesus Christ. And so, if you're looking for a standard to emulate, Jesus Christ is the ultimate standard and example, as the hymn writer said, for He is our childhood's pattern. Day by day, like us, He grew. 
he was little, weak, and helpless, tears and smiles like us he knew. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. We are to walk in his steps. And this is so for young people. If a child is saved by the grace of God, then that child ought to be like the Lord. The childhood of Jesus is is not detailed in Scripture, but what is put there is very remarkable. And we notice the statement of verse 40, and then the story that follows as the Lord at the age of 12 is sitting, and he is debating and discussing with the doctors of the law. Children, young people, I want to say to you, just in passing, you ought to take the Lord's example. He grew, not just physically, but spiritually. He waxed strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. No doubt, he was all this and much more because of who he was. He was God. Even in his childhood, he was God, manifested in flesh. But we must never forget that he had this ordinary upbringing. He had a human family, a mother and a stepfather who cared for him dearly and unto whom he was subject to. In this, he is our example. He submitted himself to his parents. He obeyed them. He loved them. He honored them. Jesus Christ kept the law of God in every detail. And this was throughout his entire life, including his childhood. Growing up in this family at Nazareth, he obeyed the fifth commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I have no doubt in my mind that his family, his parents, brought him up well, strictly according to the law, spiritually, according to their faith, and scripturally, according to God's Word. The Old Testament Scripture instructs God's people to to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. We haven't time, but I would like to have turned to those passages in Deuteronomy in chapter 6 and chapter 11 that deal with what parents ought to be in the home in the bringing up of their children. I have no doubt that in this home at Nazareth, there was a family altar. That's what we call it, a place of worship in the home. That's sadly lacking today. Society is what families make it, and churches are what make families. And if we are going to have a good influence in society, then as families, we must be families that worship God together and bring up our children in the fear and admonition of God. What kind of parents did Jesus have? What kind of effect did it have upon him? Well, I refer you again to Luke 2 and verse 40. This child grew, waxed strong in spirit, was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And what I want to do today and over the next couple of weeks is to consider this home as an example to all of us. This godly home in Nazareth that had the privilege of bringing up 
the Son of God in his childhood days. In considering the parents of this family and Christ, the child of this home, it may be of great help to you and I that are parents to see what we ought to be and what kind of children and offspring our Christian homes ought to be. So I'm going to think about this family that worship God in their home. And today we are thinking about Joseph. Joseph is the husband and he is the father of this home. What kind of man was he who was given the honorable task of rearing Jesus Christ like a son in his family? Now, we don't read a lot about Joseph in the Bible. In fact, there are no details about him whatsoever when the Lord Jesus Christ became an adult. Some think he had died by that time. However, there are some noteworthy details about this man that we would do well to ponder. Here's the kind of Christian we ought to be. Here's the kind of husband we ought to be aiming at. Here's the kind of father we are to emulate. If we're going to live right before our young people and raise them in godly ways and bring them uh, up in the ways of the Lord that they might walk with God, then there are important qualities that we should seek. The first one is godliness. And we see it in Joseph. You look at verse 19 that we read in Matthew 1, we're told that he was a just man. And that word just points to two things. It points to his standing before God, and it points to his practice of life. He was just before the Almighty. In other words, he was justified. He was made righteous before God. That was his standing. And then, of course, in a very practical way, this was also the practice of life, because a man who is justified, a man who is just with God, will therefore naturally live an outwardly righteous and holy life. And that is so important. Joseph had a standing before God. He was a justified man, but he had a testimony before others, living this life that was just. And this is how it ought to be for you and me. We ought to be just in our nature, and we ought to be just in our life. We ought to know beyond all shadow of a doubt that we have a right relationship with God, that there has been that moment in our experience when we have been justified, when we have been made just in the sight of God, pure and holy in His sight, so that as God looks upon us, He doesn't look upon us at what we used to be or what we even are presently, but he looks at us through his dear son because we are clothed in his righteousness and washed in his blood. And what does the Almighty see? He sees us holy. That's our nature. It's been changed. But also our life has been changed and transformed because of the nature being changed. And therefore we live outwardly a righteous and a holy life. So we see the godliness of this man. We see his tenderness. In verse 19, he was not willing to make her, that's Mary, a public example, what was minded to put her away privily. He saw in Mary, who was to become his wife, what we might call an appearance 
of Abel. She was with child. She was pregnant, but she wasn't married. Joseph was engaged to Mary. In fact, the word espoused here is much stronger than, than what our engagements are today. Getting engaged is a serious thing, but it is, it is treated lightly. Sadly, it is treat, treated lightly and something that you can just disregard at any moment if you want. But an engagement is a promise. It's an obligation. It is a contract. However, en engagements today can be broken off at a whim, but the espousal of the Bible in Jewish families was a very strong commitment, an agreement. It was a covenant. It was a pledge of marriage. And so couples were actually viewed as if they were married, except the legal and the physical parts had not been completed. In the eyes of the citizens of Nazareth, Mary and Joseph were united together for marriage in this espousal. So now Mary is with child. How could this be? How could this be explained? It seemed that she had been, as you look at it, unfaithful. She had been immoral. But Joseph did not jump to conclusions. He did not make rash decisions. He did not make a public example of her as would have been the case with others. He knew what he saw, but he also knew Mary. And he knew the godly life of this young woman that he was to be married to. In a beautiful act of godly wisdom, he hid her away during that time that she was with child. You know, having a tender heart towards others is very much missing in the days in which we live. Even when there's an appearance of evil in others, in our children, in our partners in life, in our friends, in some Christian, we must learn not to be judgmental. We're not to harshly condemn. We're not to be critical and unkind. That's the spirit of the world, to put others down. A little bit of humble tenderness like Joseph would go a long way in human relationships, even when those around us have been wrong and when sin has been committed. We ought to have a loving and a forgiving heart of compassion. I often think when it comes to offenses and sins that have been committed, in the lives of others of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Where Paul writing to the Galatian church, he says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault and a sin, ye which are spiritual restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So when somebody has sinned, we are to consider what has taken place. We are to seek restoration we're not to trample them down, but we, are seek, we should seek to restore them to where they ought to be with the Lord. And we are to consider ourselves that we might be tempted and someday we might be in a place where we need mercy and forgiveness. His tenderness. What about his thoughtfulness? Verse 20, while he thought on these things. 
And while he did, we read that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph decided to, to wait patiently to see what he should do. He thought on these things. He pondered them over in his mind with consideration. And in all probability, he made the matter, this matter, a matter of prayer. Isn't that the right thing to do? Isn't that the godly thing to do? Isn't that the right course of action? We are taught, he that believeth shall not make haste. In Isaiah 28 and verse 16. His tender consideration was well rewarded. He received a direct communication from God upon the subject, which alleviated his anxiety and his fears. How good it is to wait upon the Lord, to bring the matter to his feet, to seek his mind and his counsel. Remember the words of Proverbs 3 and 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's the kind of life that Joseph lived. That's the kind of life that you and I should live. And then we see his faithfulness. Look at verse 24. Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. And also in chapter 2, in verse 14, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. Here's a faithful man of God who lives a life of obedience to God's will. Both these verses highlight the desire that Joseph had in his heart to obey the Lord. And that's the kind of example I want to be, and I hope all of us want to be in our homes. As a father, I want to obey the Lord. As a husband, I want to obey the Lord. As a grandfather now, I want to obey the Lord. As a Christian, I want to obey Him. As a minister of the gospel, likewise. I want to be known as a man who obeys God. God has given His Word. He has revealed to us what His mind and His will is. He directs the paths of His children. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, the Bible says. And recently, uh, we touched on the subject of God's will, didn't we, at, at the prayer meeting night, the general will of God, the special will of God, reminding us that there is the general will that governs all of us, and that's the rule book. There's the guidance according to God's Word. We are to live in this life according to God's Word. We are to obey the Lord. And if it's in the Bible, obey it if you're going to be happy in this life. But then there's the special will of God. And if God has something special for you to do, a task, a calling, whatever it might be, obey the Lord in what He reveals unto you. God says, I will guide thee in the way that thou shalt go. And we say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And then we see His pureness. Verse 25. He knew her not, knew Mary not, until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph married Mary. He made things right legally, but he kept himself apart from Mary physically until after the birth of Jesus. <coughs> this, this was 
to preserve the purity of Mary until the Savior was born, who was to be, as Christ was to be born of a virgin. You know, there is a time and a purpose for everything under the sun. And this is so when it comes to physical relationships. These things need to be said, and we need to be reminded about these things from time to time. The Bible gives strict guidelines for us how we are to conduct ourselves towards others when it comes to physical relationship. There's a way to treat the opposite gender before and after marriage. The Bible says, keep thyself pure. That's for all of us, but we address it especially to young people growing up in this age of immorality, for that's, that's the age in which we are. Everything <coughs> around us is geared for the flesh in these last days, when the devil knows that he has but a short time. The media of today has a bias towards impurity, whether it's the radio, the television, magazines, the internet, social media, whatever it might be. And we note the dress, the fashion, and the behavior of the world today. And sadly, it's creeping in to Christian circles. Joseph was a pure man, and that's the kind of standard that we must promote in our Christian homes. We must guard our children and protect our families from this untoward generation, as the Bible calls it. Then we have his attentiveness. My last little point that I want to make, and we've been rushing a little bit today. But going over to Luke <clears throat> chapter 2 <coughs> and verse 41, we read, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, of course, what is said here involves both parents, but particularly Joseph as the head of the family. Joseph honored God in his appointed ordinances. I have no doubt in my mind that this family attended the local synagogue, the church of their day in Nazareth every week. No doubt about that. They never miss their appointments with God. However, there was a yearly obligation that they were to attend, and that was the Passover at Jerusalem. Every year they traveled to the capital city according to God's command. The distance from Nazareth to Jerusalem was a great distance. The journey was undoubtedly tedious and tiresome, especially for a poor family that had nothing more than the basic means of transport. To leave their home and their business for 10 days, maybe even two weeks, would be a great sacrifice a great financial sacrifice, but they must go in obedience to the Lord. God had given Israel a command, and Joseph and Mary strictly obeyed it. God had appointed an ordinance for their spiritual good, and this married couple must obey it. And so they went up to Jerusalem for the worship of God at, at this special time, at this, for this special ordinance together, side by side. And that's the kind of homes we need today in this age of spiritual decline 
and departure, homes that worship God, husbands and wives and children who gather side by side to honor the Lord. God has appointed public worship for our families. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so there are places where we ought to be in prayer. We ought to be at the Lord's table as we think of the Passover. We ought to be at the special seasons when, when they are called. And that's on top of the regular worship of God. Joseph was involved in the regular worship of God every week. But these were the special times. We need to learn to serve God as families, to pray together, to attend church together, to worship God together, to sit at the Lord's table together, to join in public seasons of prayer together, to read the Bible together, to talk together about the things of God. And so I close with that thought. Let us never discourage our families in the means of grace. These are the things that God has given to us for our good, that we might grow, that we might be strong, that we might be the men and the women and the young people that God wants us to be. Let us always be there as an encouragement to lead our families. Every Christian father ought to lead his family like Joseph did, and mothers too, and any other senior members in the family, and we can include the grandparents. That is our solemn obligation before God, and one day we will stand before him, and we will give him account. So Joseph, the husband, the father of his family, these are the simple things that we learn from him today. May God bless his word to your heart. I'm going to sing one verse, just one verse of the closing hymn. O little town of Bethlehem, I still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the sun and stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in need tonight. Let's all stand to sing. Help us to learn from the family of Jesus. Help us to learn from Joseph, this godly man. And may we emulate the things that are good in his life and follow those things as he follows a godly life. May we be like him. Bless the congregation here. Remember those that are traveling this afternoon. We pray for the blessing of God to be upon the special memorial service. May the Lord be there working in hearts. And then as we come back again to the house of God tonight for our special meeting, May your presence be known, your power be felt, and a work for eternity be done. Dismiss us now in your fear 
and in your love, for Jesus' sake. Amen.